My name is Caitlin Malinowski, and I am your host of the IAUG Insider Podcast, the home of exclusive interviews with Avaya and IAUG industry leaders on the latest telecommunications news, trends, and best practices. Welcome back to this week's episode of the IAUG Insider Podcast. This week, we were able to chat with Mackenzie Crabtree from IAUG headquarters about some of the different things that go into planning Avaya Engage. Hi, Mackenzie. How are you? Hey, Caitlin. I'm doing well. Good to talk with you. Miss you. You too. You too. This has been a struggle to not be in the office together every day. I know. We've had to learn how to communicate and get things done, but it's been good. I'm ready to get back in the office, ready to see everybody, miss our IUG family. I know. Me too. I think it's going to be very exciting when we get get to get back to work. So, Today we're going to be chatting a little bit about Avaya Engage. So this is our Avaya Engage series for the podcast. So I wanted to touch on some of the behind the scenes of the conference with things like, you know, how we select places and exciting things coming for the future. So give me a quick rundown of what Avaya Engage is for some of our listeners that might not know. Awesome. Well, this is probably my favorite topic. I think it's the favorite, my favorite thing I do um, on IUG. So... Basically, Avaya Engage is a large educational and technical conference um, with a huge exhibit hall and amazing parties as well. So kind of the anchor of it is the breakout sessions and general sessions, kind of everything that you're learning from a technical and educational standpoint for anybody who is in the Avaya Avaya ecosystem. But we also have that large exhibit hall where you can learn about products and solutions, demo things, network. And then, of course, our parties are amazing. So a lot of our attendees actually end up becoming best friends and see each other year over year. Awesome. Yeah, so Vi Engage is one of my favorite things we do as well. It's so fun to be able to see everybody and catch up. And then, of course, the parties are rocking as always. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a little behind the scenes. So how does the process go of selecting some of the main components, like conference location and some of the dates that we choose? Would love to answer that. Um, I wish everyone would listen to this podcast because I think it's so interesting. You know, there's just so much into planning an event that you maybe don't think about. Um, And I know we get questions all the time about, you know, why don't we go here? Why is it this date? And so I'm really excited to answer this. There's so many things that go into it. Um, Of course, the big thing is availability. Uh, So for large conferences, you know, we we have about 3,000 attendees and we need a lot of rooms. We don't have attendees sitting in one large room or one theater. We have breakout rooms. We have an exhibit. We have parties. So we need a lot of space, but we're not necessarily large enough to rent out an entire facility. So we're kind of an awkward size when it comes to searching for venues. And you do have to get these venues years in advance. Um, So you're competing with all other organizations and events across the globe, um, you know, to try and get the best venue that works for them and their space and their time. So you're competing against other people who are also searching for spaces. And we have to find availability and see what matches. 
And then as far as timing, you know, we um, started planning conference to be in quarter one a few years ago, and we found that that serves us really well. Our attendees like to come and get information right at the top of the new year, you know, while things are fresh, um, roadmaps are out, product enhancements are happening, budgets are set. And so it just makes sense for us to have this event in the first quarter of the year being, you know, January, February. Um, I know we've talked about if needed pushing into March or April, but January and February has served us well the past couple of years, which of course impacts our location because that's the winter here in the States. So we have to take that into consideration. You know, we're not going to be able to uh, risk having attendees flying in or driving in areas that are likely to get uh, snow or ice. So staying in kind of the the south or areas that are impacted as much by climate are important. So that narrows it down a little bit, at least as long as we stay in quarter one. Uh, we also have to look at airports. We have a lot of international attendees, about 20% are international. And so we have to consider areas that can accommodate people traveling in from all parts of the world. So airports and transportation are huge. And one thing that's interesting that I think people forget about is we need the city to be accommodating. So um, there are some cities like Arizona or Phoenix and Arizona just went above and beyond to make sure that we had everything we needed. Um, the chamber, the city, everyone came out to make sure that the city put the, their best foot forward in order to serve our guests. And so understanding how accommodating the city and the venue is and what things there are to do around is very important. And then lastly, I'll mention, you know, pricing of hotels. Um, we don't want our attendees to ever be in a position where they have to pay outrageous hotel fees in order to come to conference. So some cities just with the hotel rates, they're just really too high and we don't feel comfortable, you know, asking our guests to spend that on a hotel when they're already traveling in and paying for the content. Um, so all of those are taken into consideration and we're unique also that we flop around locations. A lot of conferences or events stick in the same cities or the same area or even rotate and we switch it up. So, you know, it's always different. We don't want to go to the same city year over year. We'll definitely repeat some cities. That's just nature of the game, uh, but we like to switch it up. Yeah, I always forget how many things go into picking all of that and how far out we have to do it. I think I remember when we started, when I started working with IAUG and we were looking at cities for like 2022, I was like, mm, this feels unnecessary, but now <laughs> I've realized how much stuff has to go into the back end of planning it. Yeah, it's so, wild. It's crazy. So our next location, as I'm sure many people know, is in Orlando, Florida. Is there something in particular you're excited about for that location? I know, of course, we have Disney down the street, which we're already thinking about a staff trip. But <laughs> what else do you think will be exciting about that specific location? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, well, first of all, it's a little bit different from kind of a climate and atmosphere than the past two cities we've been in. So this is truly going to be a little bit more warmer, a little bit of a beach or a beachy feel. And I'm really excited because this is one of the more larger airports. 
that we've had um, access to in the past few years. And it's, you know, it's on the coast. So it's going to be a lot easier for our international attendees. So I'm really excited. I know it's going to be easier for more people coming over from uh, Europe and Asia and everything to consider coming into an international airport like that. Yeah, definitely. So getting into the nitty gritty of actual conference, what are some of the ways that we select sessions? I know it's kind of an interesting topic. So give me the rundown of some of the different tools we use and ways we plan out our session content. It's truly fascinating. It will hurt your brain. Um, if you ever <laughs> have a chance to witness how it's done, it's really, really cool. Um, we basically, it's a team effort between the IAUG staff, our volunteers, and Avaya. So we all work together to make sure we bring the best sessions. But a lot of that relies on people who submit sessions. And so we open up what we call like a call for speakers where we're asking people to submit presentation ideas in the summer. And um, we try to organize them by topics, solutions, audience, industry, you know, just trying to understand who would actually want and need to consume this content. And so there's a lot of different ways they get categorized. And it's completely anonymous. It's a blind submission process. And that just helps us ensure that we aren't um, going back to oh, well, he is always a great speaker, even though his presentation doesn't seem that great, let's just throw him a bone or, um, you know, just giving everyone a fair chance and making sure that we're really looking at it from a tactical perspective and an objective perspective. So people submit their submissions, it's blind, we don't know who it is. And then they get ranked, they get looked over from our customer volunteers who serve on the member education an advocacy committee and our staff, and we start ranking them and trying to filter through what makes sense. Now, a lot of the content's good. We don't necessarily get bad content by any means, but we try to think about what's relevant for that point in time and make sure that it's it's diverse. You know, we don't want to have only sessions in unified communications. We want to make sure it's spread out. And so there may be there may be sessions that aren't selected and we think that they're better used for a webinar or a podcast or a blog. So we actually do end up using almost all of our content. Content It just may not be best served in conference. So after they're kind of looked through and ranked, uh, the committee will get together and kind of do a um, overview and filter out some more, kind of get their, their favorite sessions, if you will, based off of their area of expertise. And then in the fall, everyone gets together and we do this huge scheduling process where we have a big grid on the wall and try to map out all of the different rooms and time slots that are available. And then we have a post-it note method, which I know sounds just really old school, but it works. But kind of like a post-it note or index card method where all of the sessions are laid out, color-coded, and then the team is physically trying to maneuver and make a puzzle and come up with this grid that makes sense. You know, so we are taking into consideration the audience, the speaker, the room size, the flow of the event, um, you know, making sure you don't have competing content going at the same time or, or speakers 
um, double booked, that kind of thing, uh, knowing that there may be topics that are more specific. So maybe you need to stick that in a room where there's only 20 seats versus a topic like a, a roadmap where you need 500 seats and they map that out. And then we put it in our schedule and uh, send out acceptance and then, you know, make tweaks if needed. Yeah, I always think it's so funny to see the way that we do the selection, the final mapping out. Um, last year, Paige and I sat in our conference room for an hour taping and gluing pieces of paper to colored pieces of paper that aligned with tracks, and it was wild. I'm sure people that walk by our office were like, what do they do in there all day? I know, <laughs> it looks crazy. It's just wild to see, but um, definitely interesting. And so I know you mentioned there's a committee that helps to plan these sessions and content, the Membership Education and Advocacy Committee, MEAC. Are there any other committees or ways that we involve members in planning conference? Heck yes. Um, so <laughs> we have the Attendee Experience Committee, which is just, they're a blast to work with. Um, these are volunteers who love conference and kind of help make sure that our staff um makes their vision and their dreams come to life from a conference standpoint and making sure that attendees are kept top of mind throughout the whole process. So they get to do a lot of what we call the fun jobs, you know, thinking through things like themes and food and what the conference bags are going to be and which charity we're going to support that year and just making sure that it's a really good experience overall. Um, so we have that committee. And then, of course, if you are a chapter leader or a volunteer, we do have extra um, events on site or we ask you to help work the booth. So there's a lot of ways to get involved to help planning conference. Um, of course, you can just submit a session. You know, if you if you become a speaker, that's a great way to get involved as well. Today's podcast is sponsored by Versailles. Imagine a UC service management platform that flags unused resources automatically, so you never had to worry about waste. Or how about simple dashboards that showed you exactly where to look when call quality faltered, so you could fix problems faster. When it comes to intelligent UC and contact center platform management, there's nothing smarter than Versailles service management. Learn more at Versailles.com. Great ways for our members and volunteers to get involved. So if anybody ever has any interest, it's super easy to find a way to contribute to conference. Another thing that some of the committees and volunteers do is kind of help us look at keynotes and think about who might be exciting to see at conference. So what we've had a couple big ones the past couple years. So what is the process like in sourcing and managing these keynote speakers while they're on, on site and leading up to getting them to conference? So keynotes are very interesting. Um, we typically want someone, um, of course, like a big name that's going to resonate with people that people are going to be excited to see, uh, someone that you likely won't get to see or hear from, you know, anywhere else. Um, and so Avaya is a big part of that. And we really um, appreciate their support. So usually what we do is we'll work with um keynote or speakers bureaus to kind of understand who's even available, who's willing to speak, and then um, what their topics are. You know, are we wanting someone who's going to talk about leadership, uh, you know, technology? Do we just want someone to bring total motivation and inspiration? So we take those into consideration. But the past few years, 
we've really wanted to just bring someone who's going to bring a lot of energy and fun. You know, everyone, even though the conferences are um, really fun and you're getting to do a lot of really great things, you're consuming so much content that sometimes it's nice just to have a little bit of a mental break and just to uh, engage with someone who's not, you know, really talking about technology or um, educational matters, I guess. And so I think one of the most interesting things is just understanding what goes on behind the scenes with their security and contracts. Um, We've learned that a lot of times they will put something really random or specific in their contract, like requesting a certain type of candy or that they be called a certain type of name. And it usually just to make sure that we're actually paying attention and that we've read the contract in full because if you can pick up or follow through with a really random detail like that then they feel comfortable knowing that you actually are going to take care of them and make sure that they're they're going to be okay in the space especially when you are having big names who do need security so that's kind of funny and interesting I can't reveal too much though because of you know security (laughs) All the rules. <laughs> the rules. <laughs> so are there any funny or cool stories you have about working with Peyton Manning or Magic Johnson? Yes, actually. Um, so two years ago, we had, well, actually, I think I have a few for Peyton Manning. So, um, of course, I went to the University of Tennessee. So, of course, I'm a, I'm a Peyton fan. So super excited that he was there. Um Everyone was just really pumped. I mean, people were going absolutely wild. Uh, We had a meet and greet and you would have thought that, you know, Beyonce was in the building or something. It was absolutely absurd. Um, So one of the funny things was right when the meet and greet was happening, we had uh, vendors getting ready for the exhibit hall to open back up downstairs uh, where the exhibit hall was. And in our booth, we we're having kind of a puppy bowl that night. Uh, we we're going along with the football theme since we had Peyton as our guest speaker. And so we had a puppy bowl, which was absolutely adorable. And so me and I think, did you come with us? We snuck down there to like check on the puppies before going back up um, for the Peyton meet and greet. And we were playing with the puppies and I just, I plopped down to pick up a puppy and just set in dog pee. And I was just soaked in dog pee. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. But they were so cute. I didn't really care. And then I go back upstairs and I'm like, I'm about to meet Peyton Manning in my pee pants. I just sat in puppy pee and I'm about to meet Peyton Manning. And then I like get kind of starstruck and I, you know, go to say, Hey, and I'm just like, Hey, Hey, go balls. Yeah. Went to UT. And I'm just totally awkward. Um, but he was cool about it, but that was kind of funny. We always joke about the fact that I got to meet Peyton Manning in my puppy pee pants. Um, I think that was the funniest thing that we, one of the funniest things that we took from that. (laughs) I just remember seeing you run up to him you know, go balls and then step in for a picture and then tell me all about after how you were soaking pee. Oh, that was funny. Um, also, some of our European guests didn't know who he was. So I just remember um, one of our sweet board members was like, you know, who's who's this this Peyton guy? Is he, he's a big sports guy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's he's a big sports guy. He's a big deal. 
um, which was pretty funny. I think the most hilarious story, though, is if anyone knows Lisa, who's on our team, she was kind of our point of contact who uh, worked with him and his manager directly. And so he, when he landed, or I think he was late, he was running late because they had to de-ice his plane or something. And Lisa all of a sudden gets this phone call to her cell phone and it's Peyton Manning calling her cell phone. And it's like, Hey Lisa, it's uh, Peyton. I'm going to be a few minutes late. And we were just like, and she just played it so cool. It was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Peyton. Thanks. Thanks so much. See you soon. And we just laugh all the time thinking about, you know, having someone like Peyton Manning call your cell phone and act like, you know, totally cool about it. Yeah, not even a big deal at all. That was that was also very funny. She's so so nonchalant. Yeah. Like, oh, like, oh yeah. Hey Peyton, thanks for giving me a heads up. See you soon. <laughs> yeah. There were so many funny stories that came out of Peyton Manning, I think in particular. Magic Johnson was so laid back that nothing crazy really. I oh, know, he was so laid back. <laughs> it was awesome. With Peyton Manning, it was high intensity trying to get everybody through that line. So we will probably have stories from that day forever. Yes. Oh, well, what's your, apart from these ones, what are some of your favorite memories from conferences? Specifically, we'll, we'll pivot back to Avi Engage 2020. Um, always the closing party. I think it's my favorite part. Well, one, just because I love to dance and I love live music and we always incorporate live music. Um, but it's also everyone by that point is just best friends. Like the energy is so high. People are so excited. Um, you know, selfishly for staff, our, our kind of hard work has paid off and is done for the most part at that point besides wrapping up. So I think it's just a blast to be dancing with all the attendees and the board and, and staff. And hey, Jimmy, always let, that's our house band for those who don't know. Uh, they um, let us, you know, run on stage and I get to pretend to be a pop star for a little bit. So that's definitely my favorite part. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the closing parties are always a great time and it's a good chance for us to really get to know our members in a little bit more of a relaxed setting. So I always love going to the closing party as well. And you always make so many new friends. Yes, absolutely. So how are things going with planning 2021? I know we're kind of in a weird spot because by now we usually would have had a site visit and we're kind of trying to plan things a little bit blind here with everything that's going on with COVID-19. So how are things going? Are you having any huge challenges that we're facing while we're planning from home? So luckily with technology, um, we are able to do things virtually. And so we're just having to look at maps and layouts a lot more than, you know, obviously walking the space in person and kind of trying to understand what makes sense from a flow standpoint, you know, where breakouts are going to be, how many we need, uh, what the general session is going to look like, etc. So we're just really looking at a lot of maps and layouts. And um, I actually ended up buying an at-home printer because I was like, I just need to be able to print and have these contracts and layouts and things in my hands. I want to highlight, I want to mark, you know, it's just a different ball game when you're doing everything virtually. Um, but luckily our team is awesome. And, um, you know, the hotel is very, very used to having these kind of events. And so they have all the resources we could need in order to make decisions. So, we're in a good, 
we're in a good place for sure. Um, I think we're all looking at contracts a little bit differently, you know, just trying to make sure we have a plan A, B, and C uh, in case, you know, anything changes. Um, And of course, thinking about things like health and safety and things we may need to implement this year for sure. But yeah, nope, this is the longest I've gone without traveling. It's crazy. And I was so different to be trying to think about conference from this light while we're all at home and thinking about things that we might not normally have to think about. But um, I think it'll be exciting. And I'm looking forward to conference in Orlando in 2021. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mackenzie. I know it was a little different than if we've been able to do this in person, but I really appreciate you taking the time. And I know things are pretty crazy while we're planning for our first virtual event, IAUG Wired, next week. So it's great that we were able to sit down and chat for a bit about conference. Yeah, thanks so much, Caitlin. Hopefully get to see you soon. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the IAUG Insider Podcast. We will be back next week with the Season 5 finale. Don't forget to register for IAUG Wired, the first fully interactive 3D virtual event being hosted by IAUG. Register today at www.iaugwire.com. The IAUG Insider Podcast is brought to you by the International Avaya User Group, the world's largest international organization for communications technology professionals. 